0: Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Patrick Agunya turned to a life of crime and gangs at an early age. It's a decision that eventually led to prison. But it was behind bars when Patrick received a second chance to transform his life. He enrolled in college and ultimately became a University of California student.
1: I was educating to be a good role model, but in the end I was educating for myself. I was educating because I was inspired to learn.
0: Last month, EdSource published the first installment of an in-depth series about the impact of California's growing number of bachelor's degree programs inside its prison system. Since 2016, nearly 10 such programs have emerged across the state. As part of our series, we want to introduce you to Patrick Acuna, another formerly incarcerated student whose path to higher education began in prison. Here is this week's Education Beat. Filling in for host Zadie Stavely is Ashley A. Smith. When Patrick
2: Acuna was 19 years old, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole.
1: I was growing older in the prison system. I think I was about 25 and I started thinking, what does it mean to be, to be a man or an adult?
2: He thought about things like a career, home ownership, raising children, and he knew that none of that was attainable for him anymore.
1: And at the time, there was no opportunity for what are called a family visiting or conjugal visiting for an individual who was sentenced to life without parole because we were excluded from that. So. I started questioning those things and talking to older guys that had been in prison for what probably seemed like forever and ask them, you know, how do you define manhood and what does manhood constitute? And I was asking these questions and they were giving me their feedback. And ultimately I had to take that and synthesize that into something for myself. And the only thing I could think of was to set a better example for, um, the next generation to come. I mean, I've already led a generation astray by by my misdeeds involved with crime and gangs. How could I show them something, a, a positive role model?
2: He wondered what he could do to be a role model from inside the prison walls.
1: And the only thing I could think of and the only thing that I could access was education.
2: Patrick only had a GED, which he earned while incarcerated in the juvenile justice system as a youth. But he was inspired to pursue further education.
1: So that I could show them that just because we come from not the best of areas that they could do something with themselves and they don't have to travel a path that I've traveled and endure the hardships that I endured as a result of it. And at the same time, having to live with the consequences or the guilt of harming others. So I pursued education.
2: This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Ashley A. Smith. This week, how one UC Irvine student incarcerated for decades transformed his life through education. For years, incarcerated people have had access to associate degrees in nearly all of California's 34 prisons. But more recently, several new programs have allowed them to pursue bachelor's degrees. Patrick was part of the first in-person bachelor's degree program offered by a University of California campus. The Lifted program launched in 2021 through UC Irvine at the Richard Donovan Prison in San Diego. Patrick was part of the program's first cohort. Reporter Betty Marquez-Rosales wrote about Patrick Acuna for EdSource. Hi, Betty. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me. So, Betty, what to you makes Patrick's story unique?
3: There are so many students on campuses all across California, across the country who have been impacted by incarceration one way or another. And, and Patrick is one of those students. He was incarcerated for nearly 30 years. Um, what really makes his story unique comes down to the way that he transferred into UC Irvine. He was accepted into the UC system's first ever bachelor's program inside a prison. And that happened to coincide with a series of events that led to him being released from that same prison. And once he was released, he had already started that bachelor's program. And so he was able to transfer directly onto the UCI campus to continue his studies there.
2: Patrick who identifies as Native American and Latino, says he failed at education and turned to crime and gangs. But he says education also failed him.
1: I've always struggled with education. Um, What I didn't know at the time was that I suffered from learning disabilities, dyslexia, dyscalculia, mainly.
2: Dyslexia is a learning disorder that makes it difficult to read and identify speech, and dyscalculia is a learning disability that makes it difficult to understand numbers, math, and problem solving. Despite this, Patrick said he loved learning as a child.
1: I thought I was never any good at it, but in reality, I was just undiagnosed. Had I been diagnosed, maybe taught a few techniques, or just been made cognizant, aware, that there was this problem that I was experiencing, and that there was reasons why um, I couldn't memorize my alphabet, or... My multiplication chart or why when I was in first grade and all the way to third grade, I just really couldn't read.
2: He says he mostly received negative feedback from his teachers.
1: I didn't try hard enough or, you know, I was just stupid or I would never be any good. And I started to internalize a lot of that, even though I continued to try. They used to give you your, your letter grade for how well you did in your testing and your assignments, but they also gave you another grade for, you know, your effort. And my effort was always outstanding. You know, I had high marks and effort, but when it came down to the letter grade, F's, F's.
2: While in prison, Patrick spent some time in solitary confinement in his early 20s. It was there, of all places, that he found a mentor that would give him his first exposure to the positive side of education.
1: In that place, you're just locked in your cell. There's not much to do. And there'd be a lot of book sharing amongst uh, the other individuals that were there. And a lot of the people that were there were there because they were, um, was called an indeterminate shoe program, which meant that you're probably never going to get out of the shoe. You're probably never going to get out of solitary um, for various reasons. It might have been uh, acts of violence or it might be gang membership, prison gang membership, the mob. And a lot of times that they would send like the youngsters there, they would send us books and tell us, Hey, youngster, read this book. And Remember, my, my history with education was not great. My, my reading skills were not, were far below. They're still below um, the standard student. I have to read things multiple times to really get it.
2: In solitary was an older man deeply involved in gang culture, but also suffering from a terminal illness.
1: And he sent me uh, The Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. And I remember this book was like underlined and dog-eared and, and beat up. And he told me, he says, I sleep with this under my head every night. He says, I keep this here because I want to continually keep this on my mind. He says, I go to sleep and I think about some of the things that this man wrote so long ago and how relevant they are today. And, you know, so with that, I was inspired to read. And um, and that was the, really the first book, the first book that that I wanted to read, not just because I was afraid to, but because I wanted to. And, and I read that and, and I spe- specifically paid attention to the, all the things he underlined and the little, the little notes in the margins.
2: Patrick said that book helped him get out of solitary confinement and change his perspective on life.
1: Something sparked in me, something was awakened in me. I, I got a taste of like new knowledge or a new understanding. And I was hooked. I was hooked like, like if it was a drug on education and and learning new things.
2: Patrick became an advocate for higher education in the prisons. He fought for associate degree programs during his time at Corcoran State Prison. Once the community college programs became available, Patrick eventually earned two associate degrees. Patrick's quest for education eventually led to his sentence being reduced by a commutation from former Governor Jerry Brown. Instead of facing life without the possibility of parole, Patrick earned a new sentence, 25 years to life which opened the door to eventually being released.
1: I was educating to be a good role model, but in the end, I was educating for myself. I was educating because I was inspired to learn.
2: In 2022, he joined the LIFTED program to earn a sociology degree from UC Irvine. He was one of 25 students in the pilot program.
1: The professors, they're bringing to you the same caliber and quality of education that they would give to any other students in the free world. And sitting inside, many of us think that uh, there's a political investment for us to succeed. So therefore, we're maybe we're getting um, breaks that maybe a normal student wouldn't catch. But what the people inside, the students inside don't know and don't realize is that 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 is not the case if anything their program is even harder.
2: Betty one of the misperceptions that I've heard for a lot of these incarcerated students is that um, it may be easier for them or somehow is different um, than other students applying to UC. So can you talk about Patrick's experience trying to transfer in? You know, that is something that he briefly touched on. That is a misconception.
3: But in reality, they have the same requirements that any other student has in order to enroll into a USC. It's a highly competitive process. And if anything, it might be actually a lot more difficult to apply while you're incarcerated just because of the logistics around applications. They have extremely limited access to the internet. They have extremely limited access to... You know, being able to gather some important documents that are required of the process, such as getting your social security number or or any other required documentation. And so they really had to rely heavily on the staff members from the, the program that launched this UC bachelor's program inside their prison to be able to just apply. And the fact really is that it's difficult to access education
1: inside. The guys and the women in there, they struggle they struggle without the technology. Nobody was taking it easy on those students in there. Not one professor came in and lobbed softballs at us. And I was getting the same education inside as that I was gonna get outside.
2: For the most part, there is widespread support of college and prison programs within California and nationally. But Patrick said not everyone within the prison supported the incarcerated students.
1: There's a lot of corrections officers that are very, very supportive of the prison education programs. A lot, I would say most. There's a very, very small little handful that are spiteful and resentful and will do little passive aggressive things to try to thwart the program.
2: Patrick said he thinks this is due to a fear that incarcerated students are receiving more opportunities than the guards.
1: And I think a lot of that has to do with because they're intimidated.
2: But Patrick said that fear is misdirected, and he feels it's held by many people in society. Most incarcerated people will be released back to society. And recidivism rates show that formerly incarcerated people are less likely to return to prison if they receive a college education, because now they have the tools to work and earn money without turning to crime.
1: Even if you don't like the fact that somebody that committed a crime gets an education, don't you care about your community? Don't you care about feeling safe in your community? That one person that you educated that is no longer gonna commit a crime, you know, there's something we say in groups is one less criminal, one less crime, but that's not exactly the truth. One less criminal is, is one less of multiple crimes because you don't get caught for the one. Some do, maybe, you know, um, if, if we as society are lucky, you get caught for you do one, you get caught right away. But more than likely, there's multiple crimes that that individual commits all across the spectrum of severity to finally that they're apprehended and put in custody. So how many people were traumatized?
2: Betty, how is it that Patrick was able to afford his UC education in prison? The UC system has some financial
3: aid. They call it the Blue and Gold Opportunity Plan, and that covers tuition and fees for any California residents that have significant financial need. And so that was his case when he was incarcerated and continues to be the case today. And so the the UC's own financial aid resources are, are really what helped him get enrolled into this program.
2: Eventually, thanks to a 2018 law, Patrick got the opportunity to retry his case. A judge found him not culpable for murder. When he was released from prison in October of last year, Patrick was picked up by UCI Lifted staffers. The first place he wanted to go, the Irvine campus. These days, Patrick helps professors who plan to teach in prison adapt to the unique environment.
1: One of the things that they're astonished with is that, you know, the work ethic of the students on the inside.
2: Patrick says that prison culture about education and college in prison has changed significantly since he first advocated for associate degrees years ago.
1: I know when I started with higher education inside, there was very few of us that were were engaging in education beyond the GED. And um, there was a little bit of a heckling, you know, uh, when people were on the yard, hanging out on the pull-up bars or whatever. And I'd be walking around through, you know, my books and my, my notepad. And it's like, oh, okay, there goes the schoolboy, you know? I say, yeah, yeah, or, I'm the schoolboy.
2: But over time, the heckling went away and turned into comments of pride and congratulations that he was pursuing a degree.
1: But all of them, all of them, over time, come up and say, you know what? I'm really proud of what you're doing. Now, more programs are coming in. Even those people that were giving me some shit about it, they're, going, they're taking college classes now. Because they thought like, oh, I can't do it, you're smart. I was like, no, bro, I'm not smart, I just work hard. I work hard because I struggle with my education and you could do it too. And, and let me show you and let me help you. You know, next thing you know, I'm walking them in there to fill out their FAFSAs and their BOG waivers. And I'm like, just just one class. Just take one class. That's all you got to do. And now they have associate's degrees.
2: Thank you for listening to Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools, a production of EdSource. This episode is part of a series exploring college and prison. Be sure to visit edsource.org for more stories and a soon to be released documentary on this topic to learn more about the students behind bars. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Project editor is Rose Ciota. Our CEO is Anne Vasquez. Special thanks to documentarian Jen Molina and to Patrick Acuna for sharing his story. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Kresge Foundation. I'm Ashley A. Smith, Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.